Oh, what's going on? It's the Tamale Mafia Podcast, the place where everything and nothing collide. I'm Aaron, and it is Monday, right after spring break. We just finished up a spring break here, so uh, I've been a little, I've been a little scattered, chilling with the kids. I, I don't know if you guys listened to last week's podcast. I had both kids on the podcast, Nora and Dax. Dax has been on before, but Nora kind of popped in uh, because she was just hanging out in the room and she got fascinated by the conversation and kind of popped in. Hopefully we'll get her back because she, uh, she's got a good dynamic. I I think she's got a really interesting perspective and I love her laugh. So that happened last week. There was spring break. Uh, we had spring break fun and now we're getting ready for another week. So it's another week in the Tamale Mafia universe. And, uh, first things first, I gotta tell you guys. It's back. Oh, yes. Oh, the LaCroix is back. Mm. That is so delicious. This is a passion fruit LaCroix natural passion fruit essence sparkling water. I don't know. Somebody's going to eventually tell me, uh, don't drink LaCroix. That's going to give you cancer or something like that. I don't know. Um, everything's going to give us cancer. LaCroix is delicious. And I i mean, it's water. How can it give me cancer? Can you get cancer from water? I don't know. But it's water and it's bubbly and it's delicious. I say this almost every week. I didn't have LaCroix last week. What did I have? I had Bubbly by Walmart. It was not a one-for-one substitute for LaCroix. LaCroix is phenomenal. Bubbly was kind of like drinking dish soap or, you know what it was like? It was like when you're, uh, when your girl has, is into, um, Bath and Body Works body splash and do they still make those? I don't know. I've been out of the loop for so long. Uh, that body spray, body splash stuff. And then she sprays it too close to you and you walk, when you're walking by, she like sprays it or she just sprays it in the car or something and it gets in the air vent and then it flies in your mouth when you're in the middle of trying to tell her something important to you and she's just over there spraying body spray. That's a little bit like what bubbly, the bubbly experience was like. So if you're a Walmart fan, if you're down with Walmart, I'm not, I don't shop at Walmart much, uh, only for specific items or when I really have to. Uh, so if you're into Walmart and Bubbly's your thing, that's cool. I'm not judging you, man. I'm just saying to me, it was a little bit like getting body splash back from bathroom body works sprayed in my mouth. So LaCroix is a whole different experience. It's a fresh passion fruit this week. It's a fresh flavorful experience and, uh, I'm not against it. So uh, I'm thinking, you know, if I keep doing this long enough, LaCroix will will sponsor me, right? Hopefully they'll send me like a case of LaCroix or something. Cause I buy this stuff like crazy, man. It's so good. If you like LaCroix, let me know. Which your favorite, what is your favorite flavor? Uh, I like the, the other ones, the curate, curate. I don't even know how to say it. It's a, it's like LaCroix special. It's a special LaCroix. They come in tall, slender cans. Mm. Man, those are so much better. But, you know, it's passion fruit this week, so we're good. Speaking of this week, everything's going well with the podcast this week. Uh, I was really fascinated because I was I kind of tracked the numbers and stuff I looked through. And we've got listeners now. This is an This is officially an international show because, you know, a few weeks back... Maratus or Curious, whatever, some listener from there. Last week, Australia, the Queen over in England gave us a listen, I think. Um, this week, we added Canada. We added a couple of listeners in Thailand, score, uh, and Israel. Yes. Yes, we did. So... Boom. How does Mark Cuban say? Boom goes the dynamite. I think he stole that from somebody else, but he says it repeatedly on 
Shark Tank. If you're a fan of Shark Tank, I like Shark Tank. Shark Tank is pretty cool. I'm into business. I'm into launching businesses. So I like to watch people, um, the ideas that they come up with. Because I'm like, man, that is a horrible idea. Nobody's going to buy that. And uh, yeah, some ideas really do suck. And then other times you're like, that's a horrible idea. And then millions of people buy it. And you're like, I had no idea that would have worked. I would have never guessed. Um, And then sometimes you see an idea and you're like, dude. How did I not think of that? I, mean, I, I face that problem every day. How did I not think of a solution for that? So, yeah, I like Shark Tank, and uh, I also like The Prophet, Marcus Lemona's show. I mean, some people that I know are like, oh, I don't watch that guy anymore because he's not a Trump supporter. And my thing is, if you're going to cut out all of the TV personalities and media personalities and uh, shows to watch that are not Trump supporters, uh, then you're going to be left with half of the Fox News channel. And that's about, that's probably it. Um, So, I mean, if you want to do that to yourself, then go for it. I'm just saying... If you're going to do something, do it. You know, I, I really, I struggle with um, supporting people that are like halfway in to things, you know. So I have this tattoo on my arm and it says immerse, which for me, in my little, the reason why I got it uh, is because the idea is go all in, like. Once you go for something, you go totally for that thing. You you focus on it. You you dive into the deep end. Uh, you don't wade in. You don't stick your toe in the water and see how it feels. You don't sit with one leg in and one leg out. You jump in over your head, fully immerse yourself in that thing. So that's kind of how I approach most things in life. Now, I've made bad choices at times and I've gone all in on the wrong thing. But I really struggle with people who are like, eh, I I feel strongly about part of this thing and I really don't care about the rest. I don't know. I guess there's things like that in everybody's life. Um things there's plenty of things that I don't that I don't really feel strongly about. But I struggle with things that are like when people are like, oh, I don't support that guy because he said something bad about Trump. And then you're like watching another show with a guy who says something bad about Trump, but you're going to watch that show because you're, you like it, you know, it's just kind of a double standard, I think. Uh, and I think really, if you're going to cut out the people that don't like Trump, you're going to cut a lot of people out. And I'm not trying to make this a political show. Okay. We will talk about politics from time to time and I'm not really, uh, uh, deeply involved in political things but i have some political opinions um surprise surprise to most people when i came out in support of trump when he was running for presidency but my reason for supporting trump wasn't totally based on politics alone it was more based on the fact that i am a rebel at heart i like flipping things on their on their head you know, I like the guy who who can shake things up. I like the guy who's polarizing. Um, I like the guy who will piss people off. Uh, you know, those kind of people are my people. That's the kind of guy I am. So when I see a guy like that, I naturally gravitate to that guy. I like the, the loose cannon kind of roll of the dice thing. You don't know what you're going to get. All that stuff is really exciting to me. Now, if that makes me a political idiot, I, I'm fine. I will agree. I could agree with that. I, I don't know a lot about politics. I've never really gotten involved in political things. But I always said that I don't trust politicians. I don't trust career politicians for anything. I don't trust people who grew up from the time they were a little kid saying, I'm going to be a politician. And they live their whole life through uh, their school career, their college career, straight into politics, just campaigning and you know, just going after this political dream. I don't really trust people like that. I have about the same amount of trust for you as I do for somebody who's a divorce attorney, defense attorney, 
uh, pastor, <laughs> you know, okay, I'm not throwing everybody under the bus, but, you know, in general, I just have a distrust for politicians, and I thought from the time that I was like 18, when I was like, I can vote now, I didn't. I was just like, there's nobody to vote for. I don't know who to put my vote behind because I think every single person on the ballot is a shady individual. And people are like, no, you need to vote for Trump, uh, for Bush, right? You need to vote for Bush because he's going to save the world or whatever. He's a Christian and you know, whatever the reasoning is. And I was like, I don't think so. I, and now you find out later that the guy was kind of shady, right? He did a bunch of crap. He was involved in a bunch of like shady crap. I'm not saying I was right or I was wrong. I'm just saying I, in general, over the years, have kind of shied away from being deeply involved in politics because I don't trust the politicians. So I always said if an outsider came in who was not a career politician, who's, you know, like Reagan. Reagan was a, was a movie actor who turned politician. I can get behind that. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I can get behind that. Somebody coming out of the military, running for office, I can get behind that. Somebody who's a lawyer, um, who's now going to become like a congressman, who's going to be a senator, I'm not really going to get behind that. That I don't consider that an outsider. So you got this guy, Donald J. Trump, says, I'm going to run for president. Years ago, there was kind of those rumors, you know, every, every time that it was a, there was a thing, you know, an election coming up, he would, there would be a rumor like, is Trump going to run or not? And he would say, I'm thinking about it, but no, nah, probably not. And then he wouldn't, you know, so I, I said from years ago, years and years and years ago, like 2010 or 12 or something, the first time I, I, he kind of came on the scene a little bit. I said, if that guy ever runs, I'm going to pay attention because I can get behind that. I can get behind that, right? The idea of that. Didn't know who he was at the time. Didn't know what he was about. I just thought the idea of that, I will pay attention to. So if somebody like Trump ever jumps into a presidential race, I will then pay attention. Well, lo and behold, we had a couple of people from the outside. We had Carly Fiorina which my son called Carly Fornia. What was her name? Carly Fiona? Fiorina? 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 Fiorina. That doesn't sound right. Carly Fornia. That's what Dax called her. That's what I'll call her. Call her Carly Fornia. Dr. Ben Carson and Donald Trump. And so I was like, ooh, I, I can pay attention to this. These are three people that uh, seem to be from the outside trying to make a difference here, trying to get involved in politics. Carly Fiorina, not a good choice, right? It was obvious to me from the from pretty early on that she wasn't going to last very long. I actually liked Dr. Ben Carson until he started talking about some those weird stories like his friend tried to stab him in the stomach, but it hit his belt buckle, or he tried to stab his friend or something. He got a hammer. He was going to smash his friend's head in. I don't know. I think he was the one holding the knife, right? I don't remember, but I just know that there was some weird stories in there. And then he was like, prison turns people gay. The pyramids were built by, or for or grain storage. Um, I don't know. He just said some weird stuff that I was like, yeah, I, I don't think, I mean, that sounds, a, he sounds a, light, a little bit like a lunatic. Now, when Donald Trump says things that sound a little bit like a lunatic, to me, He's just playing the media. He's just playing people. It's a game, and I really think it's funny. Hey, I'm sorry if if uh, you think that this there's, you know, our future is at stake. I don't really think it's that big uh, of a deal. You look at when Barack Obama was elected president, right? He said that every, all these conservative people that I know were like, "Our lives are over." The world is coming to an end. It's all over. A Muslim's in in uh, has been elected president. Whatever they said, he's a foreigner. He's not even born here. All these things that were said about how Barack Obama was going to ruin the world, we're still here. Okay, we're still here. He had eight years. We're still here. Now maybe uh, some people think that we're worse off. Some people think we're better off. Some people think whatever. You know, there was some decisions made that were good or bad or indifferent. I don't know. 
people have different opinions about how the arc went of his success, right? But the bottom line is we're all still alive. We're all still here. We're, you know, you're still complaining about it's the weather. You're still complaining about the mosquitoes, the humidity. You're still, you know, finding things to complain about and things to be happy about or whatever. Life didn't change for for you or for me that much. So the people that are terrified that Donald Trump is going to ruin our lives, he's going to bring that an end to the world or whatever, stop. There's there's it's not that big of a deal, okay? You'll find in Eight years, because I'm telling you, he's going to win again. 2020, no problem. He's going to win. So in eight, you know, after eight years of a Donald Trump presidency, you'll find out you're still complaining about the humidity. You're still complaining about the weather. You're still it's scratching your little mosquito bites or whatever in the summer. You know, life doesn't change that much for most people because of who's in the White House. It's not that serious. It's not that serious. So everybody can just calm down. Calm down. Everything's going to be okay. Sit back and just laugh. Just laugh about it. Because the guy's hilarious. When you think about how good he is at playing people's emotions, it's hilarious. Okay? I I don't even know how I got into this. How did I get it? People that, oh, watching TV. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, here's here's another thing I was thinking about this week. Eminem, and I don't know if how many people have, have put, these, uh, put this together yet, okay? Eminem is, to me, he's desperate to get some attention. That's, that's his political stance right now. His, Eminem's political stance is, I'm desperate for somebody to pay attention to me. He put out an album. That sucks. Trust me. Look, if you've not listened to Eminem's latest album that he put out like a few weeks ago or a month ago or whatever it was, it is horrible. Almost the entire thing is extremely difficult to listen to. From the first track with uh, that he did with Beyonce, where they forgot to put drums in the track, the it's like setting the platform for a severe lack of energy in that album. He has no passion. The passion that he had when he was an angry young man who was fighting everybody, his ex-wife and his mom and the bullies and his past and fighting the government, okay? When he was when he was fighting censorship and he was fighting things like that, all of that anger is now kind of lost in this uh I don't know man it's just boring his his this latest album is just boring i mean he did a song with ed sheeran like ed sheeran's a good a solid musician with a good voice who sings songs that little girls love so i mean I'm not taking away from Ed Sheeran's talent. He's good at what he does, but his his the people that that majority of the people that listen to Ed Sheeran are not Eminem fans. Which is okay. Alright. It's okay when 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 artists bridge the gap and try to do something together, but those two guys together is not a, a symbol of two powerhouses bridging this gap to create something that nobody saw coming. That is a symbol of Eminem desperately trying to get some attention. Who's the hottest guy out there right now? I mean, maybe it's Ed Sheeran. Maybe it's not. Maybe Ed Sheeran's just the hottest guy. I don't okay, okay, okay. I don't mean hottest guy. I mean selling albums, right? Selling out places, selling records. Who is it? Maybe Ed Sheeran's just the the only guy that would talk to Eminem. I don't know. But that symbol of uh, co- uh, collaboration is, to me, it's a 
it's a it's like a slap in the face to Eminem fans. Now I've been an Eminem fan since Shady, right? From like way back. The stuff that he came out with, like when he when he rapped on Dre's album, right? When he came out with that uh forget about Dre track, right? I mean, dude, it was like, who is this guy? This voice. He was talking about things that, that were like, wow, man, this is, he's got some passion. This guy's angry. This guy hates everybody, right? He's ready. He's willing to fight. He's calling people out like crazy on his tracks, his diss tracks, his, Eminem's diss tracks, like the ones that didn't make it onto albums, the ones that are just released out there in the universe. You got to go find them. His diss tracks are sick. But this like political thing that he's now trying to do, his attack on Trump, his diss track on Trump, that was so weak. And then Eminem is, I mean, everybody wants to discuss me. That must mean I'm disgusting, right? This was, Eminem was like calling people out and then walking away. Eminem was like with like the the guy who's I'm gonna drop the mic right. He would just he would say crap in his albums and he would just walk away. But this, you know, this thing with with what he did with President Trump, he was like, I'm gonna diss him. And then when when <laughs> Trump didn't respond to him, he started like crying about like, how come he won't pay attention to me? How come he won't tweet about me? Come on, man, what are you doing? When has Eminem ever cared about somebody tweeting about him or not? What is he doing? And so now he comes out with this with this statement like they love their guns more than they love our children. He is hopping onto another bandwagon looking for some attention and it's sad. Because I was listening to Eminem the other day before I even you know, seeing that release that he put out about they love our guns more than our children or whatever. He put, he, I was listening to the song and I was like, this is really interesting lyrics in the, in light of what's going on today. Because this song, he, he raps all about guns and he's like, they're trying to take, they're trying to, they're trying to make us stop carrying guns because the kids are watching us. But they don't understand that this is just who we are and we got to protect ourselves and this is how we carry ourselves. This is how we get respect. We need our guns, but they don't understand that. He's talking about, the they he's talking about is the government, right? The they he's talking about is the people that are, that are anti-guns. So he was feeling pressure because he had these gun charges, right? He got busted for carrying guns. And so he's feeling pressure, like, why is he carrying guns? Doesn't he know kids are looking up to him or whatever? So he puts out this check that's all about, like, hey, I need my guns. I got to protect myself. This is the life I chose. This is the life that I live. If I don't have a gun, the guy across from me is going to have a gun. And this is not, then I'm not safe, right? So he was like, this whole message that he's putting out was like pro-guns because he, he needs his weapons to protect himself. This is his lifestyle, this is livelihood. And he just, like, he flip-flops on his message now. Uh, and nobody's calling him out on it. Everybody's like, that's right, Eminem. They love our guns more than they love our kids. But what is the change? Now, people are allowed to change, right? You're allowed to change your opinion in your mind. But you got to address it, don't you? Don't you have to address that? I mean, let's let's look back at his at his track where he talked about Columbine. I mean, good lord, this is the one that really got him in trouble. This is this is the one that that really. I mean, what? Uh, hang on, I gotta look up the lyrics because boop boop. It is. Hmm. Uh, I had him up. Oh, I had him up. But now I don't. Okay. Eminem. Columbine lyrics. All right. This is from the song I'm Back. All right. That's that's why they call me Slim Shady. Okay. I murder a rhyme one word at a time. Blah, blah, blah. 
Okay, he's going through. You better get rid of that nine. It ain't gonna help. Okay, he's talking about guns. He's talking about guns all throughout this thing. But here we go. Because if somebody's gonna change their mind or change their opinion about guns, you gotta address some things first, right? This is what if if a school shooting whatever happened in in uh, Florida. If that was the catalyst to change Eminem's opinion about carrying guns or how he felt about guns, he needs to address what he said about the Columbine shooting. I think it would be very uh, important to him and anybody listening to him to understand his mentality. Okay, was it this shooting? Was it this shooting that just happened where 17 kids were killed? In, in a school. Is, did this change your mind? Because what happened when Columbine took place? You made fun of it. Okay? Now, maybe that was years ago. And you can say that was in my past. And I was an angry young man. But on your previous album, when you put out the song Rap God, you referenced it again. You said that you that you could get away with the lyric now. Because you're not as important anymore. Because you don't have the... The attention that you once had. You could say the lyric. And he says the lyric. And then he says. I can say that now. And nobody's going to care. So. You just referenced it recently. In like your previous album. You went back. And, and brought up. The things that you said about. The Columbine shooting. And the Columbine kids. You brought it up again. Okay. So was it. Maybe it wasn't. Your angry past because it just happened again you just said it again but now we got another school shooting and now you're talking about it now you're talking about gun control because you're looking for attention eminem i know he's not listening to this but check this out i take seven kids from columbine stand them all in a line add an ak-47 a revolver a nine a mac 11 and it ought to solve the problem of mine and that's a whole school of bullies shot up all at one time. Come on, dude. I'm not saying you can't change your opinion. All I'm saying is you might want to address it. If you're going to change your opinion, you might want to address what you've said in the past. Because I can't stand a couple. There's a couple of things I can't stand. I can't stand when people are just kind of half in, half out, not fully committed to their cause. Especially if they're judging other people for not being committed to their cause. Okay? It stands out. It becomes very obvious that you're not committed to your cause when you start judging other people. Okay? I can't stand that. If you have a cause, immerse in it. Go all in. Do it. Or don't. All in, all out. One or the other. You're not going to just half-ass it and expect me to give you some respect for your cause. Okay? But another thing I can't stand is when people bandwagon for attention. Don't bandwagon for attention, man. Come on. All right. Listen. I've, I'm, I'm riled up. They got me hot, man. So I'm going I'm to take a little break here. I'm going to calm down. Okay. I want you to enjoy some music. I'm going to share some music with you. I have I have a friend, an amazing artist, beautiful friend. He just put out an incredible album. His first album, debut album, it just dropped. This is a song called Haunt Hold. Haunt slash hold. All right, this song, I love this entire album, okay? But I picked this song for you guys to listen to today. Now I want you to go, I want you to put some headphones in, earbuds, something stereo, plug it into your car, wherever you're at right now. Make sure that if you listen to this and it's not great quality, you go back and re replay this, okay? Key this in to some kind of stereo system where you can appreciate the sounds. There are so many layers in this music. There's so many things happening. It is phenomenal. Okay, I absolutely love it. I asked him for permission to share it with you. 
I will be sharing more of his music with you over time. This may be something that I do now. Just take a music break in the middle. This is this is a song called Haunt Hold. Turn up your speakers and listen in. called Lim, L-I-M-N, and you can get, uh, you can find his album on SoundCloud. So you go to soundcloud.com slash getlim, G-E-T-L-I-M-N. You'll find his album there. He's got five tracks out, phenomenal music. I will be sharing more with you as time goes on, but I just thought, what a great way to take a break, kind of reset realign some things but listen to some chill music and then we'll jump back into this all right listen this is the tamale mafia podcast you can find us on itunes you can find us on podcast addict you can find us on facebook facebook.com slash tamale mafia great things are happening with this podcast it's going to get better it's getting better coming up in a couple of weeks okay just a couple of weeks away the the uh, whole thing is, I'm, I mean, I'm talking like 
it's really going to start to take off. Okay. It's really starting to take life. It's really starting to take root. We're really digging in here and this thing's going to expand. It's going to expand into other areas and other things. And, uh, I'm super excited about where we're headed. So soon enough, I'll have more information for you on all of that. But I think in April, we're going to start two shows a week and I'm going to start bringing in more guests. Okay. It's coming up. It's coming. It's coming. It's going to happen. I promise. Okay. But you got to hang with us. I appreciate all of you. I love all of you for giving me a chance and continuing to give me a chance and continuing to give me feedback and writing to me, texting me saying, Hey man, I listened. It sounds really good. Please subscribe. Leave me comments, message me, all that kind of stuff. I definitely appreciate all of it. Uh, I read something. (laughs) I read something this week that really, I couldn't let it go, man. I just, I read it. it. The part that stood out to me the most had nothing to do with the rest of the article, okay? When you are, um... I guess when your brain works the way mine does, I, I see the oddities in life. I see the things that don't fit in the picture. Like, um, and most of the time when I, when I do that, it's because it's funny. There's something funny about it. And I laugh. Um, I was reading this article that the headline hit me. Like it's about this lady who she was in California in the like camping or doing a hike or something with her daughter and they saw Bigfoot, okay? Now, anytime I see a title, a headline, where somebody cites Bigfoot, boom, I'm in it, okay? I have to know what's going on there. I've always wanted to see Bigfoot. I've never seen Bigfoot, but I think it would be really cool to see Bigfoot. If Bigfoot existed, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying Bigfoot doesn't exist because I've never seen enough Evidence to say that there's no Bigfoot. Some people think he's there. He's really, they've met him. They've talked to him, whatever. I haven't personally ever seen a Bigfoot, but I've wanted to. And I've gone to places where people have claimed to have seen Bigfoot. And I've looked around like, no, I don't see a Bigfoot. But I've not spent like days in the forest searching for Bigfoot like some people. This lady apparently wasn't searching for Bigfoot. She just happened to come across Bigfoot. Uh, and she claims to have cell phone, cell phone footage of it, of this encounter, okay? In California, she... Actually, it was like her daughter was up ahead or something and saw Bigfoot perched on a log, a fallen tree, okay? And the daughter, I guess, froze like, oh my God... What is that? The mom comes up and he says, oh my God, that's Bigfoot. And I guess they took some video of it. Afterwards, they called the forest service, the parks, park rangers, I guess. Whoever's in charge of the area that they were in. Those people deployed a ranger to go investigate the situation. Now... This ranger watched the video footage and said, no, that was a bear on the video. You ran across a bear that wasn't Bigfoot. Now, this lady is furious because the park service is not doing their jobs. She saw Bigfoot. She she took a video of it. She told them and they told her it was a bear. And she knows for a fact it was not a bear. It was Bigfoot and lives are at stake because we all know Harry and the Hendersons was a fat lie. Bigfoot destroys people. Bigfoot will kill people. Bigfoot is not nice. Now, Bigfoot didn't kill these people while they filmed him or her or it. But according to this lady, Bigfoot is a danger. Public enemy number one. Harry and the Hendersons Damn lie. Public enemy number one, Bigfoot. The Park Service is not doing their jobs. They're not saving lives. And she is just wants to save at least one life. And if one life is saved by her actions, then 
she is all worth it. So now she's suing the park service because they didn't take her seriously. And I guess they didn't go on a hunting trip to try to just kill Bigfoot, the bear, whatever. Okay. That's the story. I'm reading this story and right in the middle, there's a quote from this lady that made me, I laughed so hard. And then I, I started just imagining all the things that were going on in this lady's life after this happened, because she said upon coming across Bigfoot, upon this experience, she realized for the first time in her life that there were many, many things in the world that are to be seen and to be experienced. And she had not experienced or seen damn near enough of them. So she made a decision. She was going to turn her life around and she was going to go experience the world. So she lost 125 pounds and divorced her husband. (laughs) She lost 125 pounds and divorced her husband. Can you imagine being the guy on the other end of those divorce papers? Like, Bob, I've met someone. Thing. <laughs> you know, just tell me there's not someone else. Oh, there's someone else. Uh, he's big footed. <laughs> he's got a great beard. I, I mean, the whole thing now seems like an elaborate ploy for this lady to find a reason to divorce her husband, right? I mean, isn't that where the mind naturally would go when you see this? Like, oh, I lost 125 pounds and divorced my husband because I met Bigfoot. Like, that is an unbelievable headline. But the part about losing weight and, and divorcing her husband wasn't part of the main story. Like, that, they just threw that in there because they, she, it was a quote. Like, they, they interviewed her and that was her, that was her quote. But that was the best part of the story. Like, yeah, okay, you you ran into Bigfoot in the forest, but you lost 125 pounds and divorced your husband because of it. Like, wow, man. He's big and uh, he's got a great beard. Um, <laughs> his big eyes, big brown eyes. Sometimes uh, he howls at the moon. imagine being the guy that this is your wife i mean how many how many insane schemes do you think she's come up with over the years that this guy's had to sit and listen to this is just the one that that made the news right honey i got abducted by aliens last night i don't know i don't know but that just cracked me up man that she divorced her husband over bigfoot i mean dude (laughs) thinking of all the the scenarios like uh, that what happens after divorce and then then somebody starts seeing somebody else and then you got you got to get those awkward phone calls like um bob i think the kids are gonna meet biggie this weekend uh it's getting pretty serious (laughs) i don't know she i mean it didn't say she didn't say that she left her husband for Bigfoot, right? I'm just that's just the scenario that made the most the most hilarious sense in my brain because she met Bigfoot and then divorced her husband. So it's almost like she would think that she was like she met the love of her life in the forest and now she can't be with her husband anymore. She just can't fathom throwing her life away on that man when there's this big hairy beast in the forest with giant feet <laughs> okay if you guys have a project a product a business something that you want to that you would like to share with me and the listeners of this podcast please write to me and let me know uh i would love to help you and be a part of the growth of your your passion, whatever that is. Um, 
Lim wasn't sent to me to be a part of this podcast, but as my one of my best friends, uh, it's his project, and I was like, dude, I want to put this on on the po- podcast because I love it. I love the project, and I think other people should hear this, right? So if you got something like that, music or a product or some a business idea that you're launching, um, you know, anything, whatever, whatever you got going on, if you got something that you want to share, let me know, man, and we'll we'll work through it and we'll talk about it because I would love to uh, be able to share things like that if it works for everybody. Okay. All right. Lastly, this is the last kind of the last thing on my mind. Um, this past week, uh, I went fishing. We just moved out to a lakeside property here where I'm trying to build the, uh, the loft studio and that kind of thing. I'm working on here, uh, at the new place. And so since it was spring break, we went out, my son and I went out fishing. He wanted to go fishing. So we went to the lake, down to the lake. We go fishing. We went to the marina. Okay. It's like four miles up the road. We go to the marina. We're fishing. We caught a catfish and we're trying to catch some more catfish. While we were fishing, we had seen this old, ginormous houseboat called Nanny's Gift. We had seen it before when we were out, like, kind of walking around the marina. We saw it. We had seen Nanny's Gift, and we were kind of, like, you know, a little bit making fun of it because it was so kind of really super old and a little beat up. And then also the idea of, like, man, it'd be kind of cool to live on a houseboat, um especially if you were a criminal because then you could just like commit your crime and then get in your houseboat and just move all your stuff at once. Like you could just hit the road, but it wouldn't work if you lived on a lake. Okay. You could only move around to so many parts of the lake before you got caught. You'd have to like be on a houseboat in the ocean. That, that would be much smarter. But I mean, I think, you know, maybe somebody has done it on a lake that'd be, you know, pretty funny. But we were kind of talking about that and got joking about that. And so this this big houseboat, Nanny's Gift, looked like it's been sitting there for a long time. And I was like, I mean, thanks, Nanny, for gifting me your piece of crap boathouse. Like, what am I going to do with this thing? I can't live in it because it's all decrepit. Uh, and so we, I was just kind of like joking through the scenarios. Um, so anyway, we're out there fishing. And I hear all kind of commotion from the marina behind us uh the the marina that we were at has like a fishing pier so we're on the fishing pier and then their boat slips and stuff are a little bit further away from us right probably about 50 yards so i hear all this commotion it's at it's dark it's at night and there's like sounds of of motors running and guys yelling and I don't know, I heard some guy was like, what are you doing? Come on, Eddie. And so I thought people were like maybe getting drunk and having a a battle. They were out on the boat too long. I don't know. So I'm looking, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. It's pretty dark. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And then I see, it finally comes into view and I realize that these, these guys are moving Nanny's Gift. But Nanny's Gift doesn't run, okay? obviously so they've got a guy on each side of the boat on a jet on jet skis okay one guy on a jet ski on the left side and one guy on a jet ski on the right side and they're tied to nanny's gift and they're jet skiing pushing this boat toward the boat ramp where there's a truck and trailer backed up okay so i'm gonna watch this and i'm like oh man this is crazy these guys now Nanny's Gift is such a big houseboat that CJ, who was on the left side, and Eddie, who was on the right side, I only know this because the guy that was on the boat was yelling at them both at like the top of his lungs. The guy on the boat, who seemed to be, maybe he was uh, the recipient of Nanny's Gift, he seemed to be very high strung and very frustrated about what was happening. And so he's yelling at CJ and Eddie. Now Eddie is taking the brunt, like the worst part of the of the yelling. I, I mean Eddie is like taking a beating over this whole this whole thing. He's like, put it in reverse, Eddie. Come on, Eddie. Y'all, you gotta listen to me, Eddie. 
And so I'm now watching. I forget about the fishing. Okay, my bait's been taken, whatever. There's probably my fishing pole's probably in the lake. I don't know. I'm not even watching. I'm my whole back is to my fishing poles. Now I'm just watching the commotion between Eddie and this guy on the boat. And they're all wearing headlamps, right? So all you see is just a light moving around uh, in the distance, kind of in the dark. And as they're getting closer, I hear them saying, yeah, that's the fishing pier right there. We definitely don't want to hit that. And I'm like, yes, you definitely don't want to hit us. <laughs> We're, you know, there's people here. So they are trying to, now you got to like S curve, okay, from the, from the marina around the, uh, well, from the boat slips around the, um, oh man, how do I put this? There's like three, maybe three rows of boat slips. Okay, Nanny's Gift is in the one furthest away from us. So they're moving Nanny's Gift from the furthest away boat slip section. Now you've got to come around that, around the other uh, rows of boat slips. And then there's open water, then the, the fishing pier, then more open water, then the boat ramp. So this, and it's all, the whole thing is kind of like an S shape. So they have to maneuver this non-working nanny's gift into in this s-shape kind of motion to get around obstacles okay probably would have been smarter for them to do it in the day but i think the reason they did it at night was so they wouldn't have any other boats waiting on them because this is it ended up taking quite some time so i think that's why they did it at night so that there wouldn't be any other people like frustrated that they were taking up the entire space because the boat ramp was just is just one space so they go around and they're they're like maneuvering this thing now. They did pretty good. They got it all the way over to the where the trailer is at the ramp, but they can't maneuver it properly to get it on the trailer and the guy on the boat is getting more and more wound up. And poor Eddie for whatever reason just cannot follow directions, okay? CJ has it down. CJ's like a professional at this. Eddie was obviously a rookie who uh, could not understand or follow the directions. I don't know. So Eddie is like doing the opposite of whatever the guy on the boat is telling him. And the guy on the boat is freaking out. And so he's like, Eddie, put it in neutral. If I say put it in neutral, that means put it in freaking neutral. And then Eddie's like, oh, I couldn't hear you. He's like, what? He's like, I couldn't hear you. Well, you gotta listen, Eddie. I'm telling you, Eddie, gotta put it in neutral when I say, you know, I mean, just like screaming at him. And I feel, I'm starting to really feel bad for Eddie. So they eventually, after many, many tries, and I, I kind of like almost stopped paying attention. It was taking so long. I was back to fishing. Eventually, they get the boat kind of lined up where it's going to go on the trailer, but it's not happening yet. They kick Eddie off the team. They're straight up like, as soon as they got it close, they're like, Eddie, get the fuck out of here, right? So poor Eddie is like, now <laughs> he's riding the little jet ski he's on real slowly with his head down. Like he just took a beating, right? So he's just slowly rides by all the way back to the boat slips. A while later, here comes CJ and the guy on the boat. Haul acid, like hot dog in their jet skis because there's you know nobody else around. We're not, you know whatever. And so they go out now. They get on a truck. Okay, they park their jet skis. They get in a truck. They drive around to the boat ramp. Now they're on the shore, trying to get the boat totally on the trailer and secured. This is taking forever. I'm now no longer paying attention again. Back to fishing. Out of nowhere, because <laughs> there's lots of yelling that's happening still. The guy that's wound up is still wound up. He's getting more and more wound up. He's just yelling at everybody. But what caught my attention the most <laughs> was I hear this guy go, Eddie, what are you doing up there? <laughs> now, now, remember, it's dark, okay? So the guy... That's yelling at Eddie, still has his headlamp on. 
Eddie no longer has a headlamp. And the guy that's yelling at Eddie is on the shoreline, on the ramp, looking up. And Eddie is now standing on top of Nanny's gift. (laughs) Like, and, and I'm assuming for absolutely no reason, like nobody asked him to get up there. Apparently, it was not part of the job of trying to get the boat on the trailer. I don't know what he's doing up there. No, neither does anybody else because the guy on the on the ground now is shining his light up at Eddie, and all you see is like, uh, like Eddie's shorts and t-shirt lit up, <laughs> and he just I don't I couldn't even hear his response, but just the visual like I'm looking across the the fishing pier, <laughs> and I just see. Eddie, what are you doing up there? And I look up like, oh God, what's Eddie doing now? And Eddie's on top of Nanny's gift. And I was just like, oh my God, Eddie. (laughs) And Eddie just seemed like the kind of guy I want to hang out with. Because, I mean, I like, I mean, this was my people, man. Like that, Eddie just sounds like he was making, to me, Eddie was making the whole thing a great, grand adventure. Like, the guy that was wound up, like, he just wanted to get the job done. I'm sure he'd had a long day, probably. He was probably exhausted. He probably didn't even want to deal with Nanny's gift. But it had to be done, whatever, for whatever reason. And it was taking forever. And Eddie was just complicating everything. And then Eddie, for no reason, is just standing on top of Nanny's gift, like, enjoying the view or something. I don't know. I thought this it was, I mean, we laughed. Dax and I laughed about that for so long we came home for like two days all we said was eddie what are you doing up there god dang it eddie i mean eddie took a poor eddie took a beating uh verbal beating for i mean and i'm assuming like these aren't professionals right there's probably two guys helping their buddy okay the guy on the boat is probably just the buddy who who called his his friends like hey i need help moving my boat so can you guys help me out tonight and so, I mean, I'm not. Th- I'm guessing. I'm pretty sure they're probably not paid. They're not professionals. They're just friends, you know. And and Eddie was maybe Eddie wasn't the first choice, right? Maybe Eddie was like they had called Steve. They had called uh, Riker. They had called um, uh, Skyler. You know, I don't know because there was like a CJ. Uh, they had called. Maybe Eddie wasn't the wasn't on the like the A team. But everybody else was busy or just didn't want to fucking help. So you have, eventually they landed on Eddie like, oh God, do we ask Eddie? Well, I ain't got no other choice, God dang it. Yeah, but you know, Eddie, I know, I know, he'll be all right. I'll I'll explain everything to him, he'll be all right. And then poor Eddie comes out there and they just, oh man, but like I said, it seemed like Eddie was just like, he was there to make an adventure out of it. He was like having a blast. It seemed to me like he was having a blast, except for the part where he was getting screamed at. Uh, he probably would have had a lot more fun if he hadn't have been getting screamed at. So, yeah, that was that was Eddie. And uh, we, had a, we had a pretty good time out there fishing. First time on the lake fishing. And uh, it was fun. It was fun. It was fun. All right. I have gone long enough. I've taken up enough of your time. All right, here's the thing. If you're going to go help your friend move a boat, all right, you listening? If you're going to go help a friend move a boat, make an adventure out of it, okay? Be like Eddie. The world needs more Eddies. The world needs less Guy on the boat with the headlamp screaming at everybody, okay? Be the Eddie. Peace out. The Tamale Mafia podcast is brought to you by me. Our intro music is also written and produced by me. You can find the Tamale Mafia podcast on iTunes and Podcast Addict. The outro music is brought to you by Lim. For more great tunes from Lim, go to soundcloud.com slash getlim.
That's soundcloud.com slash get L-I-M-N. And as always, thanks for listening.